Welcome to an LTFC Studio Production. Episode 10, recorded November 12th, 2017, titled God's Grace, Part 5, with Pastor Ron Robinson speaking. Our text today is taken from Ephesians chapter 4. So if you would get out your Bible and turn to chapter 4, the Pew Bible, it's page 1,158, 1158, and we will be looking at verses 1 through 16, all right? Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. Please stand as we read God's Word. Ephesians 4, we'll begin with verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ appointed it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the preachers and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become even, uh, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament. Um, Joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Father, bless your word today to our hearts. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I love it when God works 
because we, again, are all tapped into one spirit, right? So I love it when he just does his thing and we hear a song today shared by Lori that just ties right in to his message. Isn't that cool? <laughs> well, <clears throat> our text today uh, comes from the second half of Paul's letter that he wrote to the Ephesians when uh, he was imprisoned in Rome. Uh, chapter 4 actually begins with Paul's encouragement and the basics of the people he was writing to, the Ephesians, the basics of their faith and identity in Christ. You might call it Christianity 101, all right? My first thought was, why? Why would he begin here? And the reason why I had that question was because the, the, this group of people that he was writing to, it was not the first time he had encountered the Ephesians. In fact, uh, you can read in uh, Acts 18 and also Acts 20 about his previous uh, visits and time with the Ephesians in Ephesus. In fact, he previously ministered to the Ephesians for a period of over two years. He got to know them quite well. And um, really, his heart just connected with them. He loved them. So why? Why would he start this letter out kind of going back to the basics of their faith and identity in Christ? something to think about. If you buy uh, a new appliance, let's say a toaster or a food processor, maybe even a new tool, guys, <laughs> you know, a cordless drill, maybe, with a lithium battery, you know, the, the um, what, 18 volt or better, you know, real powerful, okay? Maybe even a table saw, all right? How many of us just begin using um, this new toy or this new appliance just to see what it has to offer? You know, we just plug in that appliance or we just turn on the drill and we just go right to it. How many of us do that? Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. How many of you tend to be more like the type that reads the manual first? <laughs> yeah. Amen. I was going to say, how many of you have over time and um, maybe experience moved uh, to that point in your lives where you're a little bit more mature? <laughs> And you've maybe uh, done some things too many times and ended up, yes, in something unsafe or whatever and found out it's better to at least glance at the manual first. Kind of reminds me of, of another story. Um, 
had to do with an old uh, 52 Plymouth Cranbrook my dad had. Not, not really a hot car by any means, but an antique, all right? And he bought it from a neighbor lady where we first lived in Norfolk, Virginia, an elderly woman, mature woman, okay? I don't even like that word anymore because the closer I approach that, it's, it's not relevant. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> the uh, 52 Plymouth, however, was a, was a great car. She only took this car to the grocery store and back, to the grocery store and back. So when Dad got the car, it was in tip-top shape. We loved it. It was huge. Bench seats. Can you imagine that? Like sitting on the sofa in your car, you know? Come on over, baby, you know? <laughs> Guys, gals today, you missed out. Let me tell you. <laughs> Man. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> this car <laughs> had a flathead six-cylinder engine. And, uh, you know, it had, it was a three-speed on the column, you know, and a huge steering wheel. And you just went down the road, and, man, you, you owned the road, you know. It was a tank, all right, a tank. Well, like I said, it was not really considered a hot car, um, but it, it was very fun to drive, and especially during high school. High school, I, I remember one day driving into the parking lot after I crashed Dad's other car. <laughs> and uh, I remember driving in and, you know, later some of the guys were coming out. Hey, man, that's kind of cool, you know? Well, it wasn't long before it kind of became my friends and I's car, you know? And we'd run around town in it just to have fun because you could cram a lot of people in there. And... Uh, Last day of school, you know, we, we drove off to a nearby town uh, about 20 minutes away just to do it, you know. It was a day out from school. We were glad to be out, and we were just riding around having fun. This was following the, 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 the uh, senior class parade that went through the town, of which our 52 Plymouth Cranbrook led the way, all right? So we, we had a lot of fun. Well... To bring this story to a close, on our way back from Galleon, we were just coming, humming, coming right into town, and all of a sudden, this loud noise, bam, like that, and nothing. I mean, you could turn the key, no sound, no click, no nothing. And we just eventually steered it off to the side, and everyone had to get a ride, you know, and that was it. Make a long story short, it would have been good to check the manual, or in this case, check the motor first to make sure it had oil. We uh, kind of did the old seized up the main bearings and just the motor just locked up. Well, fortunately, I worked at a nearby airport and we were able to take that and rebuild it and I learned a lot doing it and 
that's the end of the story. But anyway, it just kind of reminds me, it fits right in, I think, with what we're talking about today. Although basic, it was a basic understanding that Paul was reiterating to the Ephesians, it was important because it's fundamental. It's fundamental to our faith. It's fundamental to God's calling uh, in our lives. Fundamental, and therefore, uh, he talks about here that Christians, therefore, must guard against the cultural trends, the subtle influences uh, of our society that tend to press in on us over time. And we begin to listen to other things and we begin to kind of push aside God's word and our time with him. So Paul wanted to reiterate because he loved the Ephesians so dearly. They were family. And, and so he just wanted to encourage him one more time. Look, go back to the basics. Understand your calling. And what it means. And that's where we start today. The grace of God. Oh, one more thing that I want to show you because I forgot to do it last week. This is little Arden, all right? And Arden on the left, this is a day, uh, first day she came home from the hospital. She's laying in her little bassinet on her prayer blanket that you guys prayed over. And... Uh, and then this was, on the right is a, excuse me, is a picture of her this week. Um, on the left, she was four pounds, five ounces. On the right, she is now four pounds, 12 ounces. So she's growing. We praise the Lord. I just wanted you to see and uh, get a visual since you've been praying for her. Praying for her, praying for mommy, Jenny, and, and for Ron. Thank you so much. They appreciate all your prayers, and like I said, your financial support and blessing. God is good. God is good. Well, God's love extends to us through his, um, the grace that he bestows to us, and this grace is grace that helps us to understand our calling. What do I mean by our calling? I'm not referring to our vocation. That's not what Paul was talking about. What we do for a living, you know, whether you're a farmer, teacher, pastor, whatever it may be, student, okay? That's not what we're talking about here when we're talking about calling. In fact, the Greek word klesis means our appeal to others to believe and receive the salvation of Christ. In other words, our witness. That's what our calling is. Each one of us. God has placed that calling on our lives to, to be engaged actively in sharing this hope with others. That is our calling. <clears throat> you 
You see, this, this grace, this love is already available. That's what just blows me away when I stop and reflect on who Christ is. Jesus Christ, Jesus Messiah, Jesus King, King Jesus. Messiah and the fact that he's our Savior. He chose to die on the cross for you and me. So the victory, it's not something that someday we hope to get. The victory is already available. It's ours. It's been purchased, paid for. We just have to receive it in Jesus' name. Believe it and receive it. That's all. The problem is the enemy. The enemy seeks to try and get in there subtly and play the messages in our mind that we're not worthy. You know, we did this, we did that. Because we haven't done this, what makes you think you could ever be worthy of God? Well, the truth is none of us are worthy except because of his grace and love. It's his grace and love that makes us worthy. And I like what the scripture says here, that Jesus died and rose again, conquering death as Lord and Savior, and now reigns as King Jesus. Where? With Father God in heaven or in the heavenly places. Remember what we've been talking about, the heavenly places? God is reigning king right here in our midst, right where we are every day of our lives. God also, through his love and grace, helps us to not only understand our calling, but he equips us for our calling. It's the power of his spirit that enables us to engage this victory that I was telling you about that's already been won, that you already know about. His Spirit in us enables us to engage this victory in our daily lives if we will believe it and we will say, Lord, I want that. I want to engage in that. Every day, we are to engage this calling in the decisions we make and in the actions we take. Our lives are to be testimonies of Jesus Christ. This grace that equips our calling releases God's love to all. You see, we're all tapped into that same as followers of Christ, as lovers of God. We're all tapped into the same sovereign and true God. Therefore, it's his same spirit. That's why when we're in, we're allowing his spirit to lead and guide and direct us. In other words, we're kind of flowing in his spirit. All right. That's why there's oneness and, and there's no distance There's no time frame. 
that can separate us in that, time, in that situation. His spirit unites us. As the, it says here in scripture, as ligaments, okay? As parts of the body with him being the head. Isn't that wonderful? What a beautiful, beautiful picture. And lastly today, not only his grace to understand our calling, grace to equip us in our calling, but grace that pro produces unity in response to his calling, our calling on our lives. Now, at that time, this unity or this oneness meant more to uh, first century Jews. It was more in relation to oneness in terms of Jews and Gentiles, all right? But today, as we read in verse 6, the implication is it's much wider. It's much broader than that. One God and Father. Of all, over all, through all, and in all. That means, well, actually when we reflect over that, what does that mean for us as Trinity Fringe Church? What does that look like? if it's for all his people. You see, there have been so many divisions in the worldwide church, all the way back from the Orthodox to Roman Catholic to Protestant, and then uh, after the Reformation in the 16th century, so many different churches popping up, even in the 19th and 20th century. All of that, each with their own customs and practices that over time have said you know it's this way to God or it's that way to God you know it's been confusing to many and it's thwarted the work and reality that God desires for us to know about and understand this unity that can come when we look at what is important. The other scripture, one faith, one God, one faith, the same spirit, one spirit, one baptism. One baptism. Sprinkled? Dipped? You know? And I don't mean to make light. But I'm just saying, I think God is calling us to a time of urgency in our lives where we, we, we need to begin to look at what is critical in this calling to reach the lost for Christ. He's saying to us, what is essential in the faith? What is essential is sharing the hope, the love of God to the, those that do not know him, even to, yes, the undesirables. And I'll let you define that. You know what I'm talking about. There's so many different groups. God wants to cause us to see through all of that 
smoke or dust and focus on Him, this calling in our lives. And when we do, we will be joined together. We'll find new areas in our hearts that really do have love. We may even be amazed at what we see coming out of us. As we reach out in faith, trusting God. And when we do this, we will not only will they be blessed in knowing about God's love, but our faith will be strengthened. We will grow not in the same understanding that you, you would have as you're young in the faith, infants, but you will grow to maturity in the things of the Lord. You will understand in ways that you never understood before. Hallelujah. Well, as we end with this today, I was just watching a, a, a movie. I'm just going to end with this. We, we were watching, just turned on TV the other day. I don't turn it on that often, but I just happened to turn it on um, a couple of days ago in the evening, and a movie was showing on television, a movie that was pretty popular in 2002, Lord of the Rings. Any of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. This particular one was Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. And the scene that came to mind as I was thinking about this, thinking about the worldwide church and how through time we've allowed things to kind of creep in, cultural influences, feeling that it has to be done a certain way, whatever. This does not adequately or appropriately um, describe that, but it, it never the, uh, ne let me start over. Nevertheless, it's what kind of came to my mind when I was thinking about it. The cunningness of the evil one um, that is out there and how over time we can just be caught in and sucked up and not even realize it. Well, this one scene was King, uh, um, or Theoden, the king of Rohan, sitting on the throne and his eyes were glazed over. He looked sick. And that's because he was. He had listened to the lies of the evil that was present around him so long that that evilness took place and in, in, in possession of who he was. But then Gandalf the Great comes in and rebukes that spirit. Well, again, don't draw an equal conclusion to what I'm talking about here, but it was just an image that helped me kind of get a glimpse of what this could look like and how easily we can be drawn in. Only by the grace and love of God can we be freed from the control, the lies, the deception of the enemy. And when we do, the next part of that scene was, it was like the scales fell off his eyes. You could see color come back to him. He began to recognize everyone and everything in this scene and it just made me think about this Lord help us to allow your grace and love to work in me in us to be able to see what is real what is important in your calling 
to focus on that. And as we approach this new year, I encourage each one of us to think about this. God, what does this calling look like as it relates to us as a family in this community? How would you have us reach out to those that maybe are of a different faith, a different thought, whatever? God can give us insight and God can bless us and we can grow in him as we engage in his love, his grace that is freely available that will help us understand this calling and be able to accomplish that for his kingdom purposes. That's the message today. Let's pray. Father, would you, again, Father, I pray, just take only what is of you in terms of the words that have been spoken today or the illustrations. Father, whatever's not, you desire us not to remember. Father, erase that from our minds. But Father, help us in our own selves to be able to understand, to get a glimpse of what you mean here. Help us to become sensitized to the areas in our own lives where we've allowed, Father, influences to dictate our, our motives or our actions or, Father, even have caused us in many cases to just be lethargic. Just feeling like, you know, I'm just going to maintain. Father, we know that's not of you. So, Father, we take the authority that you have given us through your Son and by the power of your Holy Spirit today. And we say, Jesus, rebuke. Rebuke those spirits that have been at work. Father, open our hearts to see your love, your grace that flows freely to all of us so that, Father, we will grow together as one in you. We give you great praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Go with Jesus. Breathe on me, breath of God. Breathe on me. Breathe on me, breath of God. Thank you for joining us for this message from Pastor Ron. We hope that this message has helped draw you closer to God. We also hope that you will be able to join us for our Sunday worship as we would love to have you be a part of our church family. Our Sunday school starts at 9 a.m. and Sunday worship starts at 10 a.m. Don't forget to check out our website where you can find our address and our church phone number. The website is trinityfriends.com. Once again, that's trinityfriends.com. While there, feel free to check out the calendar for upcoming church events that are happening as well. And feel free to check out our new Facebook page to stay up to date on all the new activities that are happening as well. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. And as always, God bless. Speak to